You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. Hey, what's up, my friends? <laughs> Try not to say fuckos. What's up, my people? Um, guys, I got a special episode for you tonight. I am so stoked and excited. Um, I'll give you guys a rundown. Earlier in the week, I had interviewed Sean Elza. Uh, Sean Elza is one of the like coolest fucking shooters I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. And um, because my show is so low budget and shitty, I fucking corrupted the file and completely fucked up the uh, first interview I had with him. Uh, he was kind enough to come back on and help us out, and he came back on. We did the whole thing again, and he gave us um, just a bunch of information on the mental game. And I'll go into it in in the episode, but you know, Blake Jerome told me that Sean Elza is a guy to talk to, is a guy whose brain should be picked. Um, I gotta thank Blake for recommending you know that i get in touch with sean originally i was really shy when uh there are other like really good shooters i get super shy about bothering them or asking them you know for their time sean was super cool about it um and he represents a lot of what i want on this show as a guest um i was telling blake you know i'm not a big fan of interviewing pros because you get a lot of this like I like this brand you know I like this arrow I like this and buy this you know and um, on this show I like it to be a, a you know not a lot of that I because come on guys how much of that crap do we see everywhere um, and I want just to cut to the core of like, what are we figuring out? What are we trying to figure out here to get better? And Sean Elza is a dude that has figured this shit out. And he lays it out, dude. Just like Blake did. Just like, you know, Doug Rosen did. Um, all, all these guys that I interview on this show. Uh, John Weaver. All these dudes. are They they talk the truth, man. And I freaking love it. Um, it's, it's interviews like this that... Well, the, that and the listeners you guys telling me how much you like this is is the thing that keeps me doing this um it's just cool it's cool to talk to uh guys like sean elza and uh who's just so open with this stuff you know um so anyway i hope you guys enjoy it uh i'm just gonna go over a couple updates real quick um field uh california state field championships have come and gone this weekend and boy howdy it was a hell of a weekend it was shot in davis day one 
on Saturday was the field and animal round, and it was like a hundred. It was like a hundred and ten degrees in the shade, man. I, I had never baked that hard out at. I mean, not the good kind of baked, but bad baked. I've never baked like that out at a shoot, and and uh, continue to shoot the next day. Today it was like a little windier and cold. It's kind of pleasant today, aside from the wind. Um, but it was awesome. Uh, the shoot shoot be done now. Um, big congratulations to Randy Long and um, and Doug Rosen. Uh, both of those gentlemen shot and won their class. Uh, you know, I didn't get the list of everyone, but those are two guys that I care about. <laughs> both guys have been guests on this show. Um, both dudes are state champions. Uh, awesome, awesome shooting from them. Um, the men's pro class, there weren't that many competitors. Um, the guys that were there were, were studs, however. So, awesome stuff. Uh, next week, guys, Cougar Mountain is having a shoot. The Father's Day shoot, it is a good shoot. I have done it. Um, I shot the first... Oh, maybe I didn't do the Father's Day shoot. Maybe I did. It was the first when I shot it at Cougar Mountain. It was the first CBH 3D uh, championship. So I have fond memories because I won it as an amateur, and uh, yeah, it was a good course. Uh, someone told me that the course there has got big spots, like Lodi size big spots. I don't believe that's true. Because I don't think I won it on big spots, but you know what? My score that I shot—I shot a nine twenty. That's a big—that's a big spot score for Wendell. I think a regular spot score for Wendell is like a nine sixteen. So <laughs> take what you will with that information. All right, guys, go out there, beat them up. Someone send me the the score so I can talk like I was there. Okay. Um, I'll give you guys more updates later in the week regarding uh, who the state champions are for field archery. Uh, everyone shot great. So rock and roll. Uh, let's see, I covered Cougar Mountain. Guys, this uh, show is brought to you by DB Custom Coatings. My friends out in Napa, they Saracote bows. They make bows nice and cool, nice and sexy. Um, what else? Uh, if you guys see my buddy Austin Watts, check out his Invicta. It's got the American flag on it. It's fucking dope. It's like Captain. If Captain America was a compound bow, it would be what what Austin is shooting. If Captain America was a redneck, he'd probably be Austin. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Carbon Craft Stabilizers is the other sponsor for this show. Uh, I have my demo bars out right now. They will be coming back to me shortly, and you guys can can try them, mess around with them, whoever wants them. Just catch me at an event, and I will just hand them to you. All right. Um, aside from that, everyone enjoy this episode and this is gotta be one of my favorites. Um, just because let's be real. The mental game is the one thing that I definitely don't know shit about. So learning from a beast, uh, you know, for the lack of a better word is just awesome. It's like, I, I felt like I got a, um, you know, like a private lesson almost or like a seminar. So Luckily, I got it all recorded, so you guys get it as well. 
All right, everyone. Enjoy the episode. Keep it exy, fat boys. <clears throat> All right. And uh, I have Sean Elza on the phone. Um, Sean was so nice to come on the show and uh you know share some of his uh his wisdom with us he he actually in in all honesty people i recorded an episode with him on thursday and me being such a low budget uh kind of like a hack job here um i actually lost <laughs> the episode sean's been nice enough to come back and just basically do it all over again uh just you know for for the listeners so um thanks <laughs> thanks a lot sean for coming on i really appreciate it not a problem that was just our trial run <laughs> it was an hour and a half trial run, dude. It was like, and the stuff you were telling me was like such gold that, um, like, dude, when I tried to upload the episode to my computer and I, it like said file crept, like I almost threw up. <laughs> I went full, oh. <laughs> I went full like a uh, high school girl. <laughs> oh, <that's funny. laughs> but, um, well, hopefully, hopefully but, I can, uh, tell just as many good little secrets today. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I'm all in. I'm all in. Um, so let's start with your shooting resume, Sean Elza. Uh, for people that don't know, like the thing that people have, you know, people that know you, or at least around here from, is that you were the junior world champion at one time. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So uh, 2000, was it 2009 or 2010? Man, it's been a long time. But uh, yeah, Fita Field junior world champion. Um, got to travel travel over to Hungary and and uh, compete for the u.s team and it was man it was one of those experiences that you definitely uh you don't know what it's going to be like until you get there and then Uh it's as awesome as you actually think that it's going to be so pretty cool um feet of field is such a hard discipline on top of it it's it's field archery with no rangefinder for half right yeah so there's so what's really interesting about feet of field is you don't even get like you can't use angle finders. You can't use a range finder. So everything has to be either a way to, you have to figure out how to figure it out with your bow or you just have to guess. Um, so it can be really difficult. So you got guys like Dave cousins, who's probably one of the greatest feet of field archers ever to, uh, you know, walk the face of the earth. And this dude, I mean, he can judge target with this scope within a half a meter just about every single time. Um, so it is, it, it's, it's a really fun, it's actually a really fun uh, discipline of archery. And I feel like it would be cool if we did more of it, but I mean, you get pretty much one of them a year in, in the United States. And then every other year I believe is the, the world championship. So um, yeah, it, there, it's just not that popular here. Right. Um, it's, but, it's hard. It's like, but, I think it's a really cool discipline. Just because the guys that do it are, you know, kind of, I've, I've been saying for a while that I, I think that field archers are like some of the best archers, you know? Oh, 100%. I mean, you, if you take a lot of the guys and, and obviously there's some super phenomenal 3d archers, you know, you look at the, the Levi Morgans, the Dan, uh, McCarthy's and all these guys that are just killing it in the ASA and they come over to Reading and a lot of these field things and they shoot pretty good, but I feel like the West coast produces some of the best field archers in the world because maybe it's our courses. Maybe it's just the style of tournament that we really like to shoot around here. But, um, there really is nothing in my opinion, more difficult than, than field archery is because you have so many variables, right? Like up, uphill, downhill, side hills, wind, lighting conditions, you know, is it raining? Is it hot? Is your marks going to change? There's just, there's all these kind of unforeseen things that 
to learn how to manage throughout the day mm-hmm. to be able to put up a good score. Um, so yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think I think that Safari or or you know Mark 3D, whatever uh, people think about it as, um, is probably one of the most fun. Uh-huh. But I think I think when it comes to straight discipline, a, a you know your normal NFA field round field or hunter round are probably some of the more challenging ones and it's not because the the courses are always incredibly hard but it's because of all the rules mm-hmm. right like switching targets halfway through and and you know <laughs> yeah. following the fans dude if you only knew how many zeros i've shot at national tournaments because <laughs> of those things <laughs> well, I've, so, de- I've definitely cracked off some zeros dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know, as as a resume man, it's it's actually funny I, to think back and and like I think I've won five national championships uh, between juniors and up, and then the one world championship. And I honestly couldn't even tell you how many <clears throat> excuse me Washington State championships I've won. Uh-huh. Um, it's a lot. Uh, not not to sound cocky, but I mean it to it from the time I was fifteen until pretty much twenty seven, twenty eight years old. I shot at least five or six different state championships here. Right. So, Damn. you know, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of them. And uh-huh. I shot, I, I switched to adult when I turned 15 because, uh, I mean, it, I, when I was four, it was like every single archery tournament that I went to and I competed in the young adult, I would win by a hundred points, uh-huh. you know? And, and so it kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, well, let me see if, if, moving up to the adult division is going to make it a lot, you know, a lot more competitive. And it definitely did. Um, but that first year switching to adult, I think I took third place at the very first state championship that I went to. And then I pretty sure, I mean, it's been 15 years now, but I'm pretty sure I won my first adult state championship at 15 as well. Jesus. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've been doing it a while. It's a lot of fun, but, yeah, it's hard to even think. I mean, I've I know I've won um, uh, the Eugene Safari mm-hmm. in the past. I know I've I've taken more third places at national tournaments than I can even remember. <laughs> um, Damn. And then a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it it used to be a, a you know obviously my life, and so I traveled all over the place shooting tournaments all the time for mm-hmm. for many many years. So. Um, yeah, I, man, it, it's actually kind of hard to think back. I would actually have to like look through some <laughs> old stuff and like dig through some boxes of, of awards of, of belt be buckles. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's just piles belt of belt buckles. buckles. And, you know, I have a I have a handful of belt buckles, and uh, <laughs> and half of them. I I mean, I think I just we actually just moved the uh, like two weeks ago and found a whole box full of awards and belt buckles <laughs> and all sorts of stuff and. And it's it's kind of cool to look back and be like, oh man, I actually can remember that one or uh-huh. something, you know? Um, Hell yeah, yeah, it kind of kind of lights a fire and makes you like kind of get that excitement for shooting again. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, dude, you're okay. So you you're not just a crack shot outdoors. You're not just a champion outdoors. <clears throat> you're also a badass indoor shooter, and you've gone toe to toe with you know everyone knows Blake Jerome. You know you've gone toe to toe with Bodie. You've you've beat ass in Vegas. So it's like, you're kind of like a well-rounded, you know, you're pretty much Jack of all trades type shooter. Would that, yeah, be, would that be fair to say? Like, I would, yeah, I would think so. I mean, I, I, 
I would say that I'm a, a a decent indoor shooter. I've never been one of those guys that shoots 30 X's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've shot so many 29 X's in my life. It's not even funny. I really don't think <laughs> I've ever shot 30, 30 X in my life. Um, but you know, 29s, 28s, 27s, um, things like that in mm-hmm. practice used to happen all the time. Um, in tournaments, you know, it, it took me a long time to, consider good indoor you know what i mean like being able to handle the pressure and follow your routine to a t and not make any mistakes Mm -hmm. i felt like it took a long time and i had to work really really hard at it Uh um but i think that's why indoor is so fun to me i I actually truly enjoy shooting indoor Mm -hmm. even though it's kind of monotonous and boring at some points but it's so mentally hard Mm -hmm. that that's where the challenge comes in right yeah so, yeah, no, I, I, I like to say, I, I guess that's a good way to put it, kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to archery. And, and I'm, you know, I'm good at 3D. Oh, I, I wouldn't say I'm good at it anymore because I haven't shot it in about five years. But um, I, I used to be really good at unmarked 3D when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> so, and then, you know, what dot shooting didn't matter, you know, mark, unmarked, indoor, outdoor, whatever. It was always fun. I kind of, I kind of liked being good at all of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that I stuck mainly to target archery, especially in the last probably 10 to 20 years of my shooting was because 3d just kind of got to the point where it, there wasn't, there wasn't all the controls that we have in tournament or, or in target archery, right? Like double scores and all that kind of stuff. It seemed like a lot of the, the 3d tournaments that I would go to would be like single scores and, and I would go to him and I would shoot some like killer round and walk off the course thinking like, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I won that. And then I got beat by some dude by like 20 points. And I'm like, uh, that, you know, I, I don't know. So I, I really switched from 3d over to target archery strictly because it was like, Oh, at, at a, at a target archery event, the best shooter that typically wins. Right. Yeah. So whereas with 3D, man, you can misjudge, you can punch, you can do all these crazy things and still shoot a 10, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, it, it's, uh, I like all the disciplines, man. It's been a fun, it's been a fun thing trying to get good at, at, at indoor, outdoor, 3D, all of the above, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of people tend to, you, you'll see a lot of guys that are really good at one discipline, right? So they're, they're just really good at indoor or they're really good at outdoor Uh and and i don't know why that is sometimes because i feel like a good shooter is a good shooter right like yeah and you know it's like you know how to do it outside why why can't you do it inside or vice versa but um i think a lot of that comes down to the mental game you know yeah i think that's where so blake told me in nevada city i got i got a chance to talk to blake again and he was like you ever have any interest of interviewing Sean Elza? Because I had told Blake, like, you know, I'm not really into interviewing pros so much because a lot of pros tell you all the same shit. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. buy this brand, buy this arrow, whatever. And he goes <laughs> like, well, you should talk to Sean Elza. And I was like, I, like, I know Sean Elza because during the Outlaws, the guy that taught me to shoot was always like, oh, my God, that's Sean Elza. Like, dude, that's the guy. And... um. I'm always so shy, you know, I, I never talk to you because I'm always like, I don't want to be 
I never talked to Ben English because I was so shy. You know, all these, <laughs> all you guys, big names. E- even when Dave Cousins came down to shoot an outlaw, I was just too nervous to talk to him. So I'd always, mm. you know, Emerson, Mike, the guy that taught me, would always like pump you guys up, and then I would just kind of like hide behind him. Um, but uh, anyway, I was talking to Blake at this last Outlaws, and he was like, "Dude, Sean Elza is a wealth of knowledge. He taught me a, a ton." And where he is absolutely like the knowledge base that he has that you will not find elsewhere is when it comes to the the mental game and like you're so well versed in the mental game. Mm-hmm. And so that's well, yeah, and yeah, that's but, the, the main thing that I was like, ooh, all right, that's a big one that I've always wanted to get into, but you know, it's mm-hmm. basically I go to school for that. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of. It, and l- luckily, you know, I, I went to school for kinesiology and then I minored in sports psychology and I, I got really, really lucky <clears throat> to have one of the top sports psychologists in the country to be a teacher of mine. And um, so, you know, I, I but the reason I was interested in sports psychology was strictly because of archery, right? Because archery was so mentally hard. Mm-hmm. Um that I, I was like, okay, I need to figure out how I can control myself under pressure, you know, in these shoot offs or even just in, during a normal round. Right. Cause sometimes you find yourself <clears throat> indoors and you get complacent and you miss one because you just kind of, you know, got complacent in your shooting or you're nervous or whatever it is. So I, I really had to figure it out. And I got part of it was after I won the world championship, um, before that, I had just game right. Like I had one, I had read with winning in mind, and like did a little, you know, kind of implemented a little bit of that stuff. But I didn't really know how or why exactly you wanted to think of stuff certain ways, right? Mm-hmm. And so after I had won the world championship, that very next indoor season, man, I put so much pressure on myself to because all of a sudden now i was a world champion right like i thought that i needed to shoot good i thought that you know people would think like oh you know if if i went and i imploded or i missed or i did something like i had all this this self you know this self and um so that whole indoor season man i just i like i kept imploding in shoot offs and all this different stuff and it really it took like the whole indoor season of of implementing all these uh you know sports psychology techniques and mental imagery and all this other stuff before i was able to kind of bring my scores back up so i really fell into the mental stuff out of necessity because i'm not one of those people that can just shut my brain off and go duh and shoot (laughs) shoot a bullseye right um i i have to occupy my mind i i always have these thoughts running through my mind of like you know and it's not it's not necessarily scores and things like that, but it's like, you know, you, you, my brain's always thinking like, oh, you know, like you could win this one. And then it's like, you got to fight that out of the way and you got to, you know, you got to do all this stuff mentally for, for people at me, like me, at least, like I really have to be conscious about what I'm thinking and what I'm doing and, and all this stuff and I want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where, really realistically i think most people that's kind of where most people right like not not many of us can just shut our brain off and just draw the bow back and shoot bullseyes every time 
Right. Um, you know, I think that, and I think you're seeing a lot of that with shooters nowadays, realizing how important the mental game really is, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, they spend all this time practicing and, and during the, during practice, man, they're like, I can't miss. And then they get into a tournament and it's like multiple <laughs> points below their average and they don't understand why. And then they're frustrated. So, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I got, I got all sorts of mental. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. Hold on a second. Yo, you're good. Okay, you said you were saying I got all sorts of. Uh, oh, I was saying I I got all sorts of little techniques and stuff like that for, you know, sports psychology and and like just mental management to be able to help people out. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah. What would I mean, the, we can kind of yeah? What's the yeah? Give us a a couple of these like or how about a framework like what's um what's some of these things that you use? So. <clears throat> Number one biggest thing that I think most people should work on is mental imagery or visualization, mm-hmm. um, right? Be vividly imagine themselves doing a task over and over and over and over until you basically trick your brain into believing you're actually doing it, right? Because what they what they've proven with sports psychology is that um, your brain cannot tell the difference between something that's uh, real life or vividly imagined. <clears throat> so essentially you can trick your, your, your subconscious or your self-conscious into believing that you're doing it correctly through visualization. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing would be, um, like using keywords or thought processes to, uh, control your mind and control your thinking and control your breathing. Um, you know, then there's breathing techniques that are really, really important. Um, like for me, most people that know me or have watched me shoot indoors in shoot offs or, or when I have really good rounds, like I am very, very particular about how I breathe, how I think, what I do, right? Like my breathing cycle is super important. I think a lot of people tend to forget about something as simple as just controlling your breathing exactly the same way Mm -hmm. um and then other than that i mean those are kind of like the three main ones so just visualization uh sayings and and stuff that you can kind of tell yourself and then breathing um but then there's a lot obviously a lot of other things in between there that can be uh taught and used to just kind of help yourself along the way right for visualization i remember you were telling me that it is it's not just something that you can just do like, you know, on your lunch break or whatever. It's something it's like exercising. It's something you have to do like daily. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you got to think about mental train or like your mental training, just like shooting your boat, right? Like if you're going to go put in, you know, a couple hours every day shooting your bow to get better, you should be putting in a minimum of a half hour to an hour every day training your mind as well. Mm-hmm. and uh so the the way visualization works is visualization is actually very difficult in the beginning um when you first start it's it's super hard to sit down and actually vividly imagine yourself shoot 30 in a row right, right. like if you've ever if you've ever tried it normally what happens in the beginning is you make it through like 
three arrows and then all of a sudden legit right you, you make it through three arrows and then all of a sudden you're thinking about something else yes so then, then you gotta yeah then you gotta bring yourself back and you gotta focus again and you'll do that again you'll repeat that cycle but as you as you do it day in and day out pretty soon you're building that that focus and you're able to actually shoot 30 arrows in a row without breaking your your focus from that actual task mm-hmm. um and so just like anything else it's got to be trained you can't just i couldn't i can't just tell you these things like hey th- here's visualization here's my breathing routine um only use this in a situation because it wouldn't work uh-huh. like you gotta you gotta do it on the daily while you're practicing while you're you know you're doing all that stuff that way you're your body knows how to respond. Yeah, you're essentially you're training your body to respond to this input that you're giving it. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I was younger and I was really focusing on it all the time and doing a lot, is I would do it at night before I went to bed, right? So I would lay in bed and I would vividly, especially like before Vegas and big tournaments and stuff. But Vegas is one of the biggest ones that I've and like, and so three weeks or three months before, so I when I won Vegas flights, um, three months prior to Vegas, I vividly imagined myself shoot a 900 every single day for three months leading up to actual Vegas. Mm-hmm. And now, I, I didn't shoot a 900, I shot an 899. Um, I missed like my first arrow on my second end of the first day. Um, but it wasn't a, it, in my opinion, it wasn't a mental miss. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I made a mistake. I just bobbed a little bit and missed a little low, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it, it is what it is. But, uh, but basically I used to lay there and I would do my visualization and then I would do, I would take a heart rate monitor and I would do like 50 push push-ups, and, and then I would do my breathing techniques and I would learn to calm my heart rate down with you know, just breathing with a couple cycles of breaths. Mm -hmm. And after a little while of practicing that, I got to the point where I could take my heart rate from, you know, 80, 90 beats a second or a minute and get it down to that 60 to 65 beats a minute and basically two breath cycles, which, right, which is really important when you're talking about indoor shooting and you only have, say, two minutes to shoot three arrows, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so that, that, those are the kind of things that, that you know you can practice and train yourself to do uh and actually help yourself really easily in tournaments because for me i it was always that first like that very first arrow right you draw back the first one comes down breaks good hits the middle and then all of a sudden my heart would be like right and and it was that second arrow that it was like all right now i need to take my deep breaths i need to say my mantras or my sayings in my head and calm myself down and get myself back to ready to go again. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a Vegas round, you know, two minutes can go pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to be spending 35, 40 seconds trying to breathe to get yourself calm. Um, but yeah. Right. That, that's where I can see the, the real value is of like, you know, some guys are shooting, you know, you're waiting for your, you know, you're, or you're up next. If there's any way you can cut the nerves, like, or, you know, cut your, the way your your physiology is reacting, mm. I mean, I, it's super valuable. I, I could see that on the uh, you know the changeover when the top to bottom, bottom to top changeover. Like I always get a little like, oh, all right, don't 
made it this far don't fuck it uh, up now you know or last right. end, you know last end is a big one <laughs> first scoring end the second scoring end those are all ones that you know i'm sure if i was wearing a heart rate monitor you'd see it on me Oh, for sure. And I think you would see it on, you know, 99.9% of the people in there as long as they're not dead, right? Because mm-hmm. it it's like that. those are the things that get you. And one thing that, that I always practice and I always make a conscious effort to remember to do is in practice, I always tell myself what end I'm on. So first scoring end, second scoring end third scoring and so on and so forth all the way to the 10th mm-hmm. because you know in vegas you're gonna hear that yeah right and then i also i always practice the switch oh. right so don't ever get complacent and only shoot one height right right so like i would normally not not always practice the switch at 15 i would shoot a game on top and then switch and shoot a game on bottom and then switch and shoot a game on top and then Mm -hmm. switch and shoot a game. Right. And that way your brain ends up confident and comfortable with the switch Mm -hmm. because I mean, dude, I I've missed, I don't know how many times on the switch, you know, It, it, it used to happen all the time. It'd be like clean the first freaking 15 arrows switch to the bottom and shoot one out and you're like damn it you know what why did that happen i just cleaned 15 no problem and then you may switch but it's that that switch from top to bottom puts this slight little hiccup in your in what you had you know your your rhythm Mm -hmm. essentially and now your your brain is like "Uh oh okay like not you know just don't mess this up which is one of the worst things you can tell yourself Mm -hmm. you know like anytime you're like, okay, just, just don't mess this up. Guarantee you, you're going to mess it up. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that it's because when you say to yourself, like, don't miss, you have now visualized missing in some way and it's, you've run it through your program or you run it through your, your, you know, mental image or, you know, whatever. And yeah. Yeah. So in, in sports psychology, the definition of choking which it, I, I like people to understand this because all choking means is to mess up, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, in archery, choking a lot of times could be missing your whatever, your 90th arrow for a perfect score or mm-hmm. missing your first arrow for, you know, 10 points, like just messing up your routine or messing up your shot. But the, the definition of choking is when you switch from implicit to explicit thinking or from subconscious to conscious thinking. Right. So your subconscious mind can do thousands of things at one time. Right. Like it, there's no end to basically how many things your subconscious mind can do, mm-hmm. but your conscious mind can only do one thing at a time. Right. You can only consciously think of one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get in the way of your subconscious mind is to consciously think about something. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, if you, you know, basically say, don't mess up. Well, now you're consciously thinking about not messing up, Mm -hmm. which will put that into your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind will go, oh, okay, mess up. And then it'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's so frustrating, but that's kind of how it works out. So that's why I always tell people all the time, you know, don't say negative things. Don't, you know, don't walk up to a target and be like, oh man, that looks really small or, or the, or uh, here's a good one especially for indoors, you know, the people that walk up to you halfway through the round and they're like, Hey, 
are you still clean? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm like, I want to slap the shit out of you, right? Because you just mentally ninjaed somebody on, you know, and I don't, I don't think people realize what they're doing. All, I, I think some people know what they're doing when they do that. Uh-huh. But I think, oh, I think a lot of people are just innocently like, just asking like, yeah, are you still clean? You know, <laughs> yeah. but dude, that is the worst. I know. Ever. I feel like I'm God. getting slapped when people say that. I'm like, oh God. Oh, Dude, I, I so I used to I used to get kind of mean when people would do that. Not mean, but like I would be a little bit of an asshole uh-huh. because I'd be like I'd be like, hey, yeah, I'm still fucking clean, and you don't ask people that in the middle of a round. Hell yeah! And dude. I would I would always let people know that because at the end of the day, dude, if I shot the, if I was on track to shoot a 30x and you walked up and said, are you still clean? And then I miss. Now I'm mad at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, and which truly, it truly like if you have a strong mind and you have your, you know, you all your shit together, like it really shouldn't bother you, mm-hmm. but it does, right? Mm-hmm. It still does. And so it's kind of one of those things, like I always tr- tell people, like it's not good etiquette to like walk up and ask somebody if they're clean still. Because Fully. what if they were and you just screwed them? Well, <laughs> it's know? just like you said, it's interrupting the subconscious. You know, it's, you, right. they've now introduced, uh, you know, a, a fucking roadblock into this, this clear highway that she had. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you're in that flow state, right. When you're just, I know you've been in it where you're just, you're just shooting lights out and nothing, it seems like nothing could go wrong, you know, mm-hmm. but when you're in that state and then somebody walks up and does something like that, like you said, it can, it just puts that roadblock in there. And all of a sudden now it's like a, a small little hiccup that could that could cause an issue, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, that, that flow state, my buddy used to call dumb shooting. Cause he was like, mm-hmm. he's like, you're just not thinking about anything. Everything kind of comes easy. You're just taking dumb shots. They're all going in. And mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, dude, like for the lack of a better term, like I get what he's saying. That's the flow state that he's talking about. Yeah. And that's, and, and all that really means is that your subconscious mind is just, is just flowing. You know what I mean? It's just it's doing what it what you've been practicing for months and months and months or years and years and years, right? And it's just it's just in that that flow state or that dumb dumb shooting state, right? Where it just nothing can go wrong. All you have to do is draw the bow back, and it's like boom, middle, boom, middle, yeah, every single time, you know. Um, but for people like me, like I, <clears throat> I've never felt like I was one of those people that like always like could always find that flow state you know what i mean like i would always have to be consciously thinking of certain stuff mentally and following a routine um to get there and continue it you know like there Mm -hmm. for some reason there was always a a time i mean and don't get me wrong i'm sure there's been times throughout my shooting where i've just had those those flow states but i feel like for me the reason why i got so big in the mental game was strictly because I always had to work on that, right? I always had to work hard to keep my mind occupied and not not let it run off and do kind of weird stuff, you know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Can I ask, Sean? Say, say you're in one. You know, let's say you're you're rolling and someone does come up and you know throws a monkey wrench and says, you know, oh, hey, you still clean or you know, whatever they yep. say, you know. Um, how do you get back on track? Is is it Mm-hmm. Is it just time to like, you know, throat punch somebody or is there a way that you can 
Like, do you have something yeah. that you use to get back on, on, on your game or block that out? Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, throat punching somebody would probably feel the best. Um, <laughs> but what I do is I have mantras or sayings that I say to myself, right? So, mm-hmm. say someone comes up and they're like, hey, are you still clean? And, and all of a sudden, now I'm nervous because I'm like, yes, I'm still clean and this person just screwed it up. Mm-hmm. I would stop take a couple deep breaths, follow a specific breathing routine. And I would tell myself, this is like me. It's totally like me to shoot score like this. I do this every single day. Right. Uh-huh. Because what that, what that does is that consciously tells the subconscious, this is completely normal, right? Like this is not something that you're doing one time right now. This is something that you do every day. So don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, by by practicing these little things, like when I'm shooting in practice, you know, I'll shoot three X's and I'll walk down. I'll be like, yeah, that's like me. Mm-hmm. And people will, people will hear me say that and be like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, I am just reassuring my self image basically mm-hmm. so that my self image understands that those three inside out X's, that is absolutely like what I do. You know, that mm-hmm. is me. And that way you can kind of trick your subconscious mind into flipping right back into that state without, necessarily messing up and now it doesn't work perfectly every time sometimes you still got to fight through it a little bit but Uh that's what i would do right Um, i'd imagine being armed with that is better than being caught without it you know having that well yeah it's like chest absolutely and and it's it's another one of those things where you do have to practice it Mm -hmm. and you you definitely can't just listen you know like for for all the listeners right if if you're going to listen to this, don't just listen to it and go, okay, I'm going to try that the next time I get nervous. You need to start implementing it right now, mm-hmm. right? Like implement it two months before the next big tournament and start practicing it every day. That way when it does happen and you do say, yeah, it's like me, this is this is what I do, then your brain actually believes you, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yet your brain so. can recall all these other times that you've said it. Your brain will be like, uh-huh, that's right. I remember, you know, last week, day before, you know. 100%. And, that, and, and you know, then all of a sudden it starts to become this, this normal, consistent thing where it's like, yeah, this is like me. Like, and, and then your self-image gets stronger, right? Like your, your, your thought of yourself gets stronger, right? Like you're like, it is like me. Like I am this good of a shooter. This is, you know, it's normal for me to shoot these scores. And then pretty soon it just happens all the time and it just becomes much more consistent. Um, You know, I would never say that I I'm somebody that shot like the highest scores on the field. Right. Like I, I mean, well, obviously I've won a lot of tournaments, so obviously I've shot the highest (laughs) scores, but like, (laughs) but like, you know, you look at like what Blake's been able to do, right? And I mean, he's gone through some of these courses one and two down, mm-hmm. right? And and dude, I've never done it. the highest seventy target I've ever shot is a fifteen thirty four, right? So six down. God and, damn, that's still God. That's that's up there, dude. <laughs> yeah, and b- by no means was it was I upset, but I mean, I missed like three under thirty yards during that tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I've always had to work hard for it, but um. I would, I, I kind of lost my train of thought with where I was going with that, but, but there's guys like Blake that, you know, are shooting one down, two down, three down very consistently. 
And a lot of that has to do with the fact that their self-image believes that is like them, right? Like yes. they've got their their confidence to a point where when they roll in, they're like, "Yeah, dude, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna miss, right? Like I'm I'm gonna clean this course." And granted, most people don't just clean the course, but when you drop one or two, you you might as well have basically. Uh-huh. Um, and so you gotta be able to get your self-image to believe that it's like you to never miss, right? Or to always hit a better way to think about it is like, yeah, I always hit the target or always hit the bullseye. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much to the mental side that people really just, and that they just really have no clue or they just don't understand how to implement it. Mm -hmm. And it's something. So I've, I mean, I've been teaching archery lessons since I was probably 18 years old and I'm about to be 31. So 12 or 13 years now. And I've, I've worked with high level shooters all the way down to beginners and everywhere in between there. And one thing that I always find with people is that if they have a self image issue, right? Like if they come in and they're, they're really nervous and they're really worried about it, right? Like, cause, cause of whatever reason I can typically talk them into seeing like, not seeing their self-worth, but like having a better self-image uh-huh. within like 15 minutes of our just by certain things that I'll say to them, right. Or certain cues that I'll give them. And then all of a sudden they're not nervous anymore. And they're like, Oh yeah, like I can do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can do the exact same thing to yourself by just having the proper cues and the proper mantras or sayings to be able to, you know, just use during the right times during the day. Right. Mm-hmm. What uh? What are some of these like uh? What are some of the mantras that people can use? So it's very personal. You can make up whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. but the way the way I did it, what always worked best for me is when I would do my two breath breathing cycle. When I would breathe in and then exhale, I would always say strong mind, strong body, inside out. Right. So. I wanted to tell myself I had a strong mind. I wanted to tell myself I had a strong body. And then I wanted to t- tell my subconscious mind the very last thing to think about was an inside out X. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I would do that, it was amazing how calm and like my, how relaxed my heart rate would be just from being able to do that. Um, and then there's other ones where, some people like to consciously focus on something while they're at full draw, right? Like, um, for me, I consciously either think X, 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 or I think pull, 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 pull. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, it just kind of depends on where I'm at in my shooting, right? Like if I haven't been practicing a lot, then I'll probably be consciously thinking or consciously saying pull, 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 um, when I'm shooting a lot and my, my, you know, my shot is very subconscious, then the only thing I consciously focus on is like X, X, X or middle, 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 or whatever, you know, whatever you want to think about. Right. Um, uh, but basically I always, I always like to fill my, my conscious mind with what I'm trying to hit. Right. Which is that X. Mm -hmm. And that way my subconscious mind can just do its job. Dude, I, I want to, comment that i think the that that um mantra the the strong mind strong body inside out is absolutely brilliant because you end with inside out you end 
visualizing that that inside out x like i think mm-hmm. that is such a brilliant mantra because it leaves you you know having internalized it you know yeah absolutely and that that was the point you know and i made that one up myself and it obviously like it was just something that i felt like i was sitting there thinking about it and i'm like okay well in a time when i'm nervous or i need some confidence or whatever what can i say and it's like okay well strong mind that way all of a sudden it's like you know your mind's strong you've been practicing these things you've you've put in the work mentally to to build a strong mind strong body you're shooting the 200 arrows a day or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and then very lastly inside out x that way it's like the like you said only thing you're thinking about is the that x at the end where your arrow is going to be inside out of it and i say inside out so that i can visualize my arrow in the middle of the x right Mm mm-hmm so that there's these little teeny tricks to it, and that that's what makes the mental game so hard. Is there are all these teeny tricks, and people are like, "Well, what do I think here? What should I do here?" And there is a lot of stuff that can be up for discussion, right? Like what you want to say to yourself. Like I just I always want people to remember: don't negative self talk. Right. Right. Don't be the guy that's like you piece of shit. Don't shoot a nine. Don't shoot a nine. Like you know it. It like oh, I can't believe you do. Like don't be that guy or girl because you will always shoot worse when you do that. Yeah. Be the one that positive self talks and positive talks everybody else as well, um, because it will only make you better. Right. I I would agree. I I see this a lot in archers. I see it a lot in Vegas where, <laughs> you know, people are given the whole uh, uh archery happened speech and they're you know or it, mm-hmm. i don't know it's almost like some people are are just so eager to tell you about how bad they did i maybe it's like some kind of form of therapy or something but <laughs> it, it's so to me it's super bizarre because it like it's pretty clear that does not lend itself to to good shooting so i don't know for I'll, I'll get kind of irritated if people come up to me and start to unload their their bad day most people know because i i talk so much shit about it that they they'll kind of avoid me but man it even happened to me today where some guy was just like oh let me tell you this and it was like holy crap dude this is nuts i can't believe people are like actively doing this in this sport still when it's you know it's pretty clear that you're not supposed to like indulge in the negativity right and it's it's always been kind of weird to me that people wanted to talk about how bad they shot (laughs) yeah dude I think at the end of the day, people just want to go around and talk. And it, and even if they shot bad, it just gives them a reason to come up to you and be like, dude, you know, like, think like I shot like shit today. And like, uh-huh. like, let me just, you know, g- g- give you some sympathy or, you know, like yeah. maybe I'll get some sympathy and, and I get it. But at the end of the day, it, it, it's this, uh, that mentality of like, sitting there re you know recreating the bad is only gonna ingrain it into your self-image right and now you're just going around telling everybody how much you suck (laughs) or all this stuff and now your self-image is like yeah dude i fucking suck you know (laughs) so yeah it's like those people should go around like and and it's fine like obviously at the end of the day at an archery tournament everybody wants to kind of know what everybody shot right yeah so you know, it's like when you walk up to somebody and you're like, oh, how'd it go? And you know that they're capable of shooting a good score. And they're like, uh-huh. dude, it sucked. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, cool, dude. Like, right. Let's not, I'll leave let's it at not that. over talk. Yeah, let's yeah. not over talk about it. But like, 
you know, but what I always try to do for like in those scenarios, because, you know, not every tournament you go to, are you going to just go perform flawlessly? Right. So you're, you're going to have times where people are going to walk up to you and be like, dude, what happened this weekend? And you're like, yeah, dude, I, I just, I missed, like, I, you know, I missed a bunch. It is what it is, but (laughs) think about it in this manner. Always try to throw a positive in there. Uh Right. Like be like, dude, you know what? today or this weekend yeah i might not have shot great on blah 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 target but dude i executed phenomenally or i held my bow super steady or or whatever right like i like i shot 98 percent of the arrows this weekend flawlessly mm-hmm. i just messed up you know like always throw some sort of little positive vibe on it that way you're you're always boosting the self-image instead of destroying it hell yeah <clears throat> And that's with anything in life, man. If once people understand this in archery, then they can control their entire life this way, mm-hmm. right? Because you you know work doesn't all work's not always fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> like sometimes you got a really shitty project you're working on, or you're dreading your boss because your boss is a dick, or whatever <laughs> it is, you know. But you can literally change your life by by learning this stuff, like the mental game of archery, because. The mental game of archery is just the mental game of life. It's just how to figure it out in archery, you know? Right. Right. I've always felt like, I don't know, like whenever I was doing good at archery, it always had this reflection into my everyday life where everything was just brighter and I could handle things. Like it was, it seems backwards, you know, but it, it always seems like if I had things figured out on the field, things in life were always like something somewhat manageable, you know, or something that. I could work out in my brain. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of that is like, um, you know, when, when things are going well, when you've been practicing and you're putting the time in and stuff's clicking, it's like, you know, that you've been putting the work in. And in my opinion, anytime you've been putting the work in your confidence gets better, right? Like now you, you're like, dude, I've been putting the time in, I'm confident and that confidence will flow over into other aspects of your life as well. Right. Right. I I fully believe that as well. Um, definitely when I, when I was practicing the the most, (laughs) I I felt pretty, you know, I felt, I felt very confident. Yeah. I I know when you were practicing, Sean, you were saying you were shooting like 300 arrows a day. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. So anywhere between two to 300 arrows a day. And, and that takes a long time. I obviously, I don't do that anymore. Um, I would love to, if I had the time, I just don't. Yeah, I, feel um, I know the deal <laughs> kids and, uh, and you know, careers and all that kind of stuff kind of makes it a little bit difficult. But when you're shooting 300 arrows a day, you're so strong mm-hmm. and you're so confident that when you roll into an archery tournament, dude, you have no choice but to feel like you're going to win. Yeah. You know, and I, and that's like where Blake's at right now, right? Like he puts in the work and the girls, the twins, they, they just put in the work. So when they roll to a tournament, dude, they have no other thought other than I'm going to win. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I can remember back in the day, um, you know, when I was a, teenager in early 20s shooting local tournaments and you know we you'd get somebody that would come up to you and be like oh who's gonna win today and i'm like i would always be like me (laughs) right and Uh and some people would be like oh that's that's cocky and i'm like no no it's not like it's confidence like if i show up to an archery tournament and i don't think that i'm gonna win 
well, guess what? I'm probably not going to win. Right. You know, but if I show up and I think that I'm going to win, well, now I'm going to shoot that tournament with confidence. And at the end of the day, if I don't win, oh, well, but at least I shot the whole tournament with confidence. Yes. You know, I think people confuse confidence with arrogance. And I think arrogance is like the dumb, the dumb guy who for no reason other or for no real reason thinks he's going to go out there and win it. Right, exactly, and th- and those are the people where you're like, bro, please stop, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, but so in sports psychology, there's no different. Like, like a, a sports psychologist sees no difference between cockiness and confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Because cockiness is just a way of showing your confidence. Uh-huh. Now, arrogance, obviously, like you said, is like. Dude, you didn't put the work in, yeah. and you still you still believe that you're gonna do it. And then when you don't do it, now you throw it to yeah. Right? Now because, you're pissed. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, you can't be mad if you didn't actually practice. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like at at the end of the day, we all know those like those people that like throw their shit and don't practice. You know, they don't practice, but then they get to a tournament and they have a hissy fit when they don't shoot good, and it's like. Well, what did you think was gonna happen? You <laughs> yeah, know what, what I mean? What did you expect? Like, <laughs> like you didn't you didn't shoot but thirteen arrows this week before you showed up and you thought you're gonna shoot, you know, a clean score. Like that doesn't work that way. Right. So I saw a guy at Indoor Nationals throw his release and I, I had to ask him, I was like, dude, come on. You weren't winning anything. you weren't getting close to winning anything, dude. Why are you throwing your release? <laughs> <laughs> right, like that two hundred and fifty dollar release that you just threw on the ground. Did that really make you feel better? Like, right, <laughs> you know. And I, I've done the like. I've never been one of the people that throws equipment or really throws like a a big temper tantrum because uh-huh. I just I'm not I'm really not that kind of person. But like you know, I've slammed my stabilizer end on the ground a little bit here and there. Like mm-hmm. you know, you shoot a shitty shot and you're like shit. Oh, yeah. You just kind of you give yourself that split second to kind of just bang it on the ground uh-huh get it and out then you feel all right yeah yeah and so i i can understand it but i've just never been one of those people that could be like yeah i'm gonna hook this 250 dollar release on the ground <laughs> and then and then just casually pick it back up and put it in my pocket and go <laughs> along with my day like that's I, yeah no i yeah, i've just if, always been as if I've no one saw my, you <laughs> oh so, i'm sorry sean yeah i interrupt you i'm sorry but um no no you're good you're- so dude okay You've given us a ton of gold with the mental game. I just have to ask. Oh, so I, I told Blake, like, oh, I want to pick his brain on, like, some of how he sets up his bow. And he Blake was like, yeah, I, you should stick to the mental game. But, I like, <laughs> d- have you done anything unique with the way you set up your bows? Oh, yeah. So, in the past, I've had, uh, I've had some really funky setups. So, I've done some, some odd stuff. So... I had a podium that I shot over a half inch out of time with no draw peg. <laughs> um, and dude, it and it shot the, uh, that bow shot so good. Um, but now that I don't practice as much, I, I honestly fully believe in tuning and setting bows up correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm when you. I was young, yeah, when I was younger and I shot 300 arrows a day, dude, I was a machine. It didn't really matter, you know. <laughs> Obviously, there was forgiveness and stuff that I was probably losing out on. Um, but I was a firm believer in set the bow up and tinker with it until it feels 
exactly the way you want it, regardless of how the arrow comes out. Uh-huh. Right. Like I, I, I can remember tournaments where Blake was like just losing his on me because he's like, you shouldn't be able to shoot groups like this <laughs> with a bow this untuned. Right. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, because Blake is super, super into, like, dude, he, when you want to talk about tuning, that dude knows what he's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But he's so he's so particular about how he sets his stuff up. And I've just, I've always been more of, like, I would rather shoot my bow than, than really set my bow up. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, it's just more fun to shoot than it is to tinker with bows. That's probably, yes. you know, like, I don't mind working on other people's bows, but I've always, like, hated working on my own bows for some reason i don't know why um like don't give me like kit i like my buddy kit I, do you know kit i've heard of kit i i never met him personally but i know he's he's another one of you uh like northern uh like badasses yeah so this dude like growing like us shooting together like i would always be like hey here take my bow and and like go do this to it and he would always do the same to me. Like he'd be like, "Here, shoot my bow real quick and tell me what you think needs done to it." Because we we both like hated tinkering on our own stuff, but we didn't <laughs> mind working on other people's stuff. Um, but yeah, no. Now, like I said, nowadays I am much more particular. I want my bow to be tuned well. I want it to, you know, shoot a really clean arrow. You mm-hmm. know, all that forgiveness kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, back like I said, back in the day when it when I was shooting three hundred arrows a day. I did. I didn't think it mattered, right. you know. And and here's a, here's a prime example. Before the World Championships, uh, at outdoor nat or at nationals and World Team Trials, after I won, Kevin Wilkie was looking at my bow, and I had this 2005 Pro Elite, and he was like, "Uh, dude, your like your cams are completely shimmed to one side, right?" So I had took put new strings on, and pulled my cams off and when i put them back on i didn't put the spacer back in on the right side i had both spacers obviously like on the left side and i i went through and won nationals and one team trials okay and he was just like uh that shouldn't it shouldn't be shooting this good but it's one of those things where it's like well i didn't even know and i how was i like i didn't really know i was like 19 yeah i was like ah, whatever it's shot good yeah run it you know yeah exactly send it <laughs> Dude, that is so badass, man. Like, I had heard that, like, I, I have a buddy who was like, dude, ask him about shooting with no draw stop peg. And I was <laughs> like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, he done it. He done it, and he crushed with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, that was with the podium, man. It, it just, for some reason, when that bow, when I took the draw stop peg out, and then I over-rotated that top cam to hit basically like a half inch ahead, mm-hmm. it just pointed like a dream. <laughs> Dude, it sat in the middle and just didn't move. <laughs> it, it, arrows came out crooked as hell. Like, don't get me wrong, you know. In the wind, it was a nightmare, though. Right? Like, yeah, sure. that that bow did not shoot good in the wind because when it was real windy and your arrows are coming out half, you know, halfway tail towards the target, you get a lot of wind drift, you know. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, and then those are little things that I learned over time. It's like, oh yeah, you know, the cleaner your arrow comes out, the less it drifts in the wind. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, those kind of things help with the distance and stuff. But yeah, no, I've done some crazy stuff, man. And, and but that's one of the reasons why I will never be one of the guys that's like I have to have the newest, greatest archery stuff. 
Uh huh. Because, dude, it doesn't matter that much. You know what I mean? Like, I've shot such good scores with crappily tuned bows and old gear that it's like, eh, whatever. Like, it really doesn't matter that much as long as you are practicing enough and you have confidence. Yeah. Truly is the guy behind the bow or gal. Right. Yeah, that makes yeah, the difference. Yeah, guy or gal. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I mean, you, you know, like, you could pretty much put whatever bow in your hand. You know, I don't know what you're shooting right now, but like, you know, you could probably take any of the top line bows from all the companies and you're going to shoot it well. Right. You you might not like it as much as one brand particularly, but you're going to shoot it well. Yeah. And I think that's a, across the board with anybody that's a high level shooter. It really doesn't matter the bow. It just matters like the Indian behind it. Right. Like, yeah, if they're doing the same thing every time, then the bow's just a machine. Yeah. And it's going to do it. Yeah, truly. I, I mean, I've it, what's crazy is like I've heard um, like this guy that my buddy Tom Parkinson, he builds strings and he was always saying the same thing. It's like, dude, don't overthink the tuning thing. Like, you know, tune what you can and really get your ass out and practice and, and get your mm-hmm. mind wrapped around it. And so I've always yeah, I've always kind of respected that. I mean, I know firsthand when I shot great, I was practicing, you know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, you, you know, those guys that there, there's a lot of guys out there that will spend more time tuning their bow mm-hmm. than they do shooting their bow or more time putting new, you know, buying this new equipment and putting mm-hmm. it on their bow than they do shooting their bow. And it's like, well, why spend the money and the time and the effort to buy these things and put them on your bow if you're not going to practice? Right. <laughs> you know, it just seems it seems like it's kind of a waste in my opinion, if you're not going to be out there actually putting the effort in. Oh yeah. Big time. And even <coughs> buying new gear. It, I mean, I think that everything takes time to figure out where you want it set, like which, you know, how you want it to, to work, whatever it is, release arrow rest. You know what I mean? So it's like when people buy this stuff, it's like, okay, now you got to get out and practice and make sure that shit is, you know, just the way you need it for game day. So, oh, absolutely. 100%. Like I, you know the people that will switch, and I obviously I'm trying not to talk too bunch of shit, but you know the people that will switch like arrows or bows or releases mm-hmm. like a day or two before a big tournament. Mm-hmm. Me, I've done it. Yeah, <laughs> I, dude, I've, I've absolutely done it too. But, but that's why that's why I feel like I can talk shit about this because <laughs> it it makes fucking no sense <laughs> no. at all. It it doesn't right, but it's like oh hey these arrows are going to shoot better. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. change everything over a day before ready right. or something. And, and, and it never seems to, and, and at least for me, it never seems to work out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I've done it a handful of times. I just learned over time. Once it's set up, leave it alone. Don't play with stuff. Don't look for the magic pill. Right. Don't think that, you know, any of that's going to work. Put the effort in, shoot 300 arrows a day, you know, right. practice. And then that's the magic pill. Yes. You know, a lot, a lot of people want to know what the magic pill is and I'll tell you straight up, it's practice. <laughs> That's Hell it. yeah, dude. Totally. Do you remember when aim size came out? Huh? I mm-hmm. was like, I would, I could hear, I remember hearing guys that I knew say like, I'm on my third cycle of aim size. And I, I was just like, vomit, man. Come on. <laughs> like, just get out there and practice, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never tried any of that stuff because to me it was just one of those things like, yeah, it's a gimmick to make you gimmick, believe. Dude. Yeah. You're right. It's a placebo thing, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. like, hey, 
it you know if you take this it's it's like those boner pills at the gas station right like uh, you, you know those work. you know what i'm talking about those are those, those actually work <laughs> I, i've never tried them but i always laugh when i pull up when i like i'm paying at the gas station and i see those things because i'm like really like do people actually take those and then it gives them the confidence that they're it's gonna work or whatever right but it it's totally the same thing in archery it's like somebody's like oh my new arrows showed up one day before reading and now i'm gonna refletch them and i got this brand new dozen arrows and it's gonna pound and it's like well you you just had your bow set up for these other dozen arrows that were shooting just fine. Like, why would you do that? You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do people actually take these? I'm like, good for you, Sean. Yeah, you're staying healthy, bud. <laughs> 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 oh <Yeah>. man. <laughs> but no, at the end of the day, I think, I think that the, the true thing that people really need to hear is that if they want to actually be good at archery, they need to shoot a lot of arrows every day. Mm-hmm. I think so. You know, and, and I think a lot, a lot of people aren't going to want to hear that, right? Uh-huh. They're going to want to think that I, I can give them some like magic thing that's going to make it quick. Uh-huh. But there's no, there's no quick anything at getting good at archery. It's shoot, 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 and shoot some more. Yeah. You know, shoot until your freaking arms are about to fall off, and then keep going. You know what I mean? And keep putting the practice in. And over time, over consistency of doing that, you will start shooting scores that you didn't think you could do. Right. You know, I, I remember back when, when, you know, I've known Blake probably 10 years now and, uh, back when he first kind of came onto the scene, you know, he was, he wasn't very good. He was good for a normal bow hunter, right? Cause mm-hmm. that's mainly what he was, was a bow hunter. And then, uh, he started getting into the target stuff and I can remember, you know, as we started becoming better friends and shooting more and stuff, he asked me one day basically like what he needed to do to be able to beat me. And I said, if you want to beat me, you need to shoot 300 arrows a day every day for like the next who knows how many years. (laughs) And he actually did it. Yes. Okay. And that's why Blake is so freaking good now is because he shoots so many arrows. He told me his practice program and I was like, ah, dude, you just go out and win it. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just like, I, I can't, like, I don't even want to try that hard. Like, Dude, so you shot, know, but you're instrumental in creating Blake. Well, I, I think I you're think like between, you're like the Chinese scientist that made COVID. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Well, it, I, I think that honestly, Blake is so competitive, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that dude is very competitive. So for, you know, he's one of those people that was like he would soak up all the information me and kit and yeah. anybody around could really tell him but he he was also smart enough to go okay i'm gonna stick to you know trying to listen to a couple you know say me and kit couple good and shooters. then i'm right a couple good guys and then i'm gonna put in way more work than everybody else mm-hmm. and you know and then i'm gonna get good and it's obviously worked you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah, and and that's why the girls are so damn good too, right? Because Blake has been able to instill in them this insane work ethic that basically there's nobody else out there probably putting in more arrows than they are. Right. Right. I would agree. And that, yeah, and that's why they're winning everything. Obviously, it's taking years, mm-hmm. but that's the thing is archery is not one of those like it's not like a get rich quick scheme, right? Where you're just gonna like, hey, I'll put ten bucks into this, and I'm gonna get a, a grand back. It's like, yeah, no, I'm gonna put five years of effort in before 
I really shoot these insane scores, you know? Yeah. That that's an interesting so. interesting thing about Blake, and I guess a lot of you guys up in you know, up north from us, it's one thing to be a good shooter, it's another thing to be a smart guy or a smart shooter or an intelligent archer. And then it's like discipline. It's like you have to have a a couple things within your personality to really like take it far, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and no, I just I everything, definitely agree with that. Everything you're saying is like, you know, from your practice routine to how much time you spent doing visualization. I mean, if you if you include visualization into your, you know, your training uh, or your practice schedule, like that's gonna take, you know, if you're serious about it, it should take. You know, anywhere from what do you say, thirty to forty-five minutes a day, um, at least, yeah, at very least, and and I don't know, it, it it all takes discipline. It does, and anything in life that you want to be really good at takes discipline, right? Yes. Like, yes, and and we live in such a a instant gratification world that I think that's where a lot of people, you know, they're they're always into like, oh, buy the new release or get the new arrows or, yes. or, you know, I need that new bow or it's the strings or it's, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Right. Because they, they don't want to have to actually look deep in themselves and go, okay, I actually need to like work harder, uh-huh. you know, and, and try to get there. It's like, uh, I'm working hard enough. You know, I'm shooting in 60 arrows a day well dude you know when i was winning everything and, and shooting my best scores i was shooting 300 arrows a day so no wonder the guy shooting 60 arrows a day wasn't even coming close right right, right. And, and i and i told people that all the time too i'm like dude there like i used to remember people when i was younger being like oh you're just naturally good at archery <laughs> and i'm and i'm like yeah maybe i am but i also shoot two to three hundred arrows a day <laughs> yeah too so like I don't care how natural. Like, dude, if you shoot two to three hundred arrows a day, I don't care if you're Gumby. You're gonna get good at archery, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I'm with you. I, I've I've had people tell me like, "Oh man, you're you're like an alien. You must have been uh, born to do this." I'm like, "No, not at all." It, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's been, I'm a hard right. learner. I'm a hard learner. It's just been a lot of time in. Yeah, you just put the work in, you know. It's like, well, wasn't it wasn't it you at Lodi a few years ago that cleaned the first day? Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, surprisingly enough, like day two, I, I think I shit the bed really hard on day two. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know, it, it, you know, it all got in my head. Like, it didn't get in my head while I was shooting, but the second day, I was like, oh man, you know, I gotta maintain this uh, this thing that I just did. Mm-hmm. and I ended up dropping the ball all over the place on day two. Yeah, but I mean, so here's another another thing that I tell people all the time is, you know, and stuff, like when you get into a shoot-off, those first, like your first shoot-off is like you're shaking like a dog shit in razor blades, right? <laughs> um, but then you get into 35 shoot-offs, and all of a sudden you're a little bit more calm. Yeah. Right? And so for for you to be able to make it that first day – and clean the whole thing and then you know shit the bed the second day is still a should if you look at it the right way that should have been like one of those confidence boosters like i am totally capable of cleaning one of these courses yes right because you already cleaned 42 all you had left was another 18 right to get Mm -hmm. to clean 60 round and 
And so if you look at it in the right manner, it's like, dude, you did some incredible shit there because it, but yeah, it's hard. Cause, and then you always think like, oh, well then the second day I didn't follow up and it's like, well, yeah, obviously it sucks that you didn't, but like to go through 40 or 42 targets clean mm-hmm. is super difficult, you know? So you could, you could have looked at that and been like, okay, well I've done it now. So now you have, it's like a stepping stone towards like that next goal, right? Uh-huh. Of being like, okay, now I want to do that again. But when I do it again, I want to follow up the second day with a better performance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. And, you know, I, th- man, I, I think that's where I think, you know, working on the mental game would help me. Cause I'm fairly certain if I ever did that again, I would still shit the bed on the second day. <laughs> like, I don't think I've done it enough. Or, you know, I I really have not worked on the mental game enough. And it's something that, you know, I read, you know, I've read all the books that all the archers have read, you know, with winning in mind or uh, think and shoot like a champion. I've done all those. And it's just, you know, a lot of those are just kind of surface, uh, you know, surface books. They don't really touch into some of this deeper stuff, like what you were talking about with your breath work and... Um, mm-hmm like the things you say to clear your mind. I think those are, are brilliant things that I, I would wager most people that listen to my show have never listened, have never heard before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, and in, and anybody listening, like if like I've been, like I said, I've been coaching and teaching forever. And so like, if anybody actually has like a more in-depth question, feel free to reach out to me, whether it's on like Facebook or Instagram or something. Um, and I can try to explain it a little more in depth um, or, you know, next time if, if we end up, if you end up with a bunch of people that have like some real good in-depth questions, then we could always set up another one where I can actually go over like say a couple main things. Um, but at the end of the day, like somebody like you, who's capable of, of shooting these insane scores, if you could also throw the mental game in and pra- and get your brain, you know, like on board with how good you can shoot then just think about what you could do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like being able to put together two days like like that first day in lodi could mean you know some insane crazy scores in reading or wherever you right know? right the, <clears throat> what i'm hoping is you know working on the mental game will help me kind of ease you know this transition into fatherhood and stuff and um mm-hmm. and i don't know hopefully my performance on the field won't suffer as hard as, you know, I predicted kind of suffering. I, I've been able to fight it off a little bit, but not, not to the degree that I want. So I think yeah. the missing pieces there is going to be like mental game and some other things. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and no matter what, man, when you have kids, like they take up a lot of time. So you go from being able to shoot, you know, two, three hours a day to, Oh man, I can get 50 or 60 good reps in, (laughs) you know? Um, (laughs) but it's still, even like for, for high level shooters, if you can go get six, you know, even 60 perfect shots in, but your mental game is on point, you will still perform well. Yeah. You will be more dangerous than the person who isn't. Oh, absolutely. Right. Cause if you're just out there flinging 200 arrows and you're really not putting, super full conscious effort into making every one of them perfect then you know those 60 that you're really putting the effort in and your mental games right you're gonna you're gonna shoot better you know and that's like i find like you know i I don't practice nearly as much as i used to but i can still shoot some pretty damn good scores 
and I think a lot of that is just the the heavy background and mentally preparing myself and how I think through a course and and the things that I say to myself and all these other little intricacies that make it so you know the fact that I don't necessarily practice all the time doesn't really I mean it affects me but it doesn't affect me to the same level as what it could right. other people right you can still go out and be effective you can still go out and be competitive yeah and that's you know for me it's at the end of the day I just want to be competitive I I I hate losing and I would love to win everything but I also you know I just want to go out there and be able to throw down with everybody and and you know yeah. walk away feeling happy you know yeah have fun yeah, like <laughs> that's where having fun is is throwing down with everybody yeah and too many so many people they got to realize and they got to remember that we do this for fun yeah not many of us or or really i mean there's a handful of us that that have the potential like blake and a few people like that could potentially go make money at this Mm -hmm. but the rest of us dude this is a game it's a hobby yeah you know so if you're not having fun why the hell are we doing it why do it why do if it's making (laughs) you miserable i agree 110 percent, man well you know those those people that that every time you go to an archery tournament they're pissed off and i'm like dude (laughs) i would pick up a different sport like (laughs) yes you know like go fishing or something you know like (laughs) dude I, uh, some people end up going to cornhole. It seems to be uh, cornhole's what's grabbing all the uh, ex archers right now. Is it really? That's funny. I, mean, I wonder if it's you can drink the whole time you're playing. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like the problems are way worse than just archery. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. It's just another one of those accuracy things, though, right? Like, <laughs> I know, I, us what? archers like we want to hit bullseyes right so like it's probably just a smooth transition over to cornhole what comes after <laughs> cornhole though dude it's like jesus yeah it's, it's like darts or something like all of a sudden yeah. now you're you're like a dart champion or so i don't know a target panic with your hands but yeah uh, well what's crazy is don't they have like a whole like world championship of cornhole now oh yeah oh yeah, yeah like and they're making as like big money oh yeah yeah, so I mean, like, hey, like, more power to you, I guess. If you can go make some big money in cornhole, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I got nothing against that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can't so. ki- you can't kill a deer with a bag of corn though. Well, if you pour it out and then you shoot them with your bow, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on if it's legal in the state you're in. <laughs> well, I but, ca- uh, yeah, you know, I'm in California. Nothing's legal, but yeah. Well, here in Washington, we can bait deer. I've never really been much into the whole baiting thing because we do it's mainly spot and stock but there's a lot of people where we hunt that dude that's all they do is like you know some alfalfa and some corn and then they just sit there and wait and wait (laughs) i i get too cold and too bored (laughs) yeah so but yeah no it's it archery is interesting and just like any kind of accuracy sport whether it's golf whether it's you know long range rifle shooting or pistol shooting or archery or darts or whatever it's so mental it truly is you know that that saying archery is 90 percent mental and 10 percent physical uh-huh. is very true yeah right because once you know how to draw the bow back and shoot the bow correctly the only thing stopping you from hitting the middle every time is your brain yeah Just, you know straight up <laughs> no 100 percent, man i, I mean you can see it in high performance stuff too, like when you're watching shoot offs and stuff. Like the guys that oh, are, sure. the guys that are hitting it are guys that are they're managing, they're they're rolling, they're clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's like you watched like uh, Gaius at Reading, mm-hmm. right? Like, dude, he shot like a target or two in front of us, mm-hmm. like on the on the group we were in, and so I we we caught up to a few of them. And when I would watch him shoot, dude, he was shooting with just absolute confidence. Like everything just seemed like it was just flowing. And when he shot that shoot off arrow, it didn't. That shoot off arrow didn't look any different than any of the other arrows that I watched him shoot throughout the course of the tournament. Right. Right. And that's the key because, you know, to be able to stand up there in front of whatever, however many people were watching, knowing that that's for the win, you have to be able to make the exact same shot that you did when it was just to get an 11, you know, get 11 points or 22 points, you know? Damn, yeah, you're right, man. It's well, just... and that's... Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go on, Sean. Oh, I was going to say when I'm, when I'm teaching new archers, right? Like I'll, I'll always start people at like four yards uh-huh. away. Right. Because, and then people are always like, well, you know, why can't I shoot that far one? And I'm like, you don't know how to shoot the bow at four yards yet, let alone 20 yards. So it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But once they get to the point where they can shoot groups at four yards, I'll move the target back to say 10 or 12 yards, mm-hmm. right? Or 15 yards. And every time I do that, they, they always are like, Whoa, that's way further away. And I tell them it's the exact same shot, whether it's four yards or 104 yards, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no difference. The only difference is how far away it is. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta think the exact same process regardless of the distance yeah, you know? I, you know, what you were saying about uh, Gaius, man, like, even watching him shoot Lancaster and then watching him shoot Redding, it's the same shot there, even, you know? Mm-hmm. E- even though it's, you know, 20 yards versus 88 yards, he's still walking up there with the same expression on his face, even, and then shooting his shot. Like, Everything you're saying, I, I'm totally like, uh, as I'm running it through my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, dude, he, he really is. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where you get, like, that the consistency has to be there day in, day out, day in, day out, right? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of guys can have a hot weekend uh-huh. and shoot a phenomenal score, and then it might be a year before they do it again, Yeah, right? Whereas I think with me, one of the reasons why I tended to win quite often was because I was so consistent, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I didn't have these gigantic fluctuations in scores to very often. Like it, you know, like whatever my average was, I knew when I showed up, I was going to be within a point or two of there. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so just being consistent day in, day out with your mental game and your, and your shooting is more important than just being able to get hot one weekend and then, you know, the next six weekends you shoot terrible. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And and a lot of guys do that. You know, it's like sometimes you see a guy show up and and he's he just has the weekend of his life and you're like, damn, bro, like that was awesome. And then all of a sudden they don't do it again in, you know, for two years. And you're like, yeah. oh. I, I've you seen know. it take guys out of the sport even where they, they, they shoot a hot weekend like in Reading and then after they're like, okay, that's me forever. And then they have a rough week after that and then a rough week yep. after that and then they stop showing up to the club and it's just like, oh, dude, what's going on, man? You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen so many guys come in and out of 
archery like that because they, you know, they started getting good, but they still just couldn't quite win uh-huh. or, or they couldn't consistently put it together every single weekend. Uh-huh. And just, just like you said, you know, all of a sudden now they're, they're defeated because they've put their, they've been trying so hard, but yet they're, they're not able to keep that consistency of being able to do it every weekend the same way. And, and so they just end up quitting and going to cornhole or, uh, <laughs> rock rock crawling with their trucks or who knows you know god damn (laughs) yeah you know so um and everybody everybody that listens to this from up here that's close to me will totally understand that rock crawling reference (laughs) dude it's close to home here too man (laughs) well but uh sean thank you man for everything like uh, uh thanks for doing this twice you know, man, I no got, I really appreciate it, and thanks for giving up your time, dude, on a, on a Sunday night. Yeah, not a problem, man. I got to get up about six o'clock in the morning. I got to pour concrete tomorrow, but God damn. yeah, any any <laughs> yeah, but and it's supposed to rain, so that's gonna be fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anytime you you know you if you got questions or if you you know if if some of the listeners really come up with some good questions, we'll have to we can set up another one and we can go even more in depth into like uh you know my breathing routine and mm-hmm. and why i breathe a specific way and and certain other mantras and stuff and and be able to really kind of hopefully not necessarily keep it so broad but like kind of get people a little more in depth onto why yeah totally dude that would be awesome if anyone uh you know if anyone wants has a question for Sean send him send him my way and we'll I'll put something together yeah and we'll that'd do be it perfect again. Well, dude, thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate it, man. Not a problem, Wendell. Sounds good, man. We'll talk with you soon. Dude, you have a good night, man. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. All right, bye.